Today's podcast is brought to you by Shaw Business. Shaw Business offers a whole suite of smart solutions like smart Wi-Fi. With dedicated networks for you and your guests, smart Wi-Fi keeps everyone's connections separate, safe, and secure, and it reaches all corners of your business. So whether you're at your desk or in a meeting room, you're still connected and ready for business. Smart Wi-Fi is one way that Shaw Business is powering the entrepreneur. It's Calgary's podcast on the Canada's Podcast Network. Hello, this is Bonnie LG coming to you today with Calgary's podcast, a member of the Canada's Podcast Network, where we talk to the entrepreneurs who are making it happen here in the city of Calgary, Alberta. And today I'd like to welcome Gavin Harrison to the podcast. Gavin is the creator of Atlas, a five-stage framework for highly effective strategic planning. He works with entrepreneurs and leadership teams as a facilitator of the Atlas program. Having been involved in a variety of ventures, including his first brick-and-mortar business while still in high school, Gavin is a lifelong entrepreneur, proud Calgarian, husband, and father of two terrific kids. So Gavin, welcome to the show, and thanks so much for being here today for all our listeners. My pleasure, and thank you, Bonnie. It's uh, great to be your guest here today. Well, why don't we start things off, Gavin, and you can tell us a little bit more about yourself, where you're from, and a bit about your current business. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I'm a Calgarian, born and raised. I actually grew up just down in uh, Okotoks. And uh, as you mentioned, I'd opened my first business while still in high school. So I had the good fortune uh, of attending a high school that allowed me to actually take grade 12 and spread it out across two years. So fundamentally allowing me to be in class just half the day and having the other half of the day open to do with as I wished. And I chose to use that time to open my very first business. So I got a taste of entrepreneurship really quite early in life. And it's really just been part of my DNA ever since. Uh, Today, what I focus on is working with uh, leadership teams and ownership groups as a facilitator for the strategic planning process. So generally what that looks like is a series of workshops where we get really clear on where an organization is headed and what path they're going to take to get there. And then I usually follow on with one-on-one coaching to ensure that we stay on track. Awesome. And I think all of our listeners would be curious. We do need to know what your very first business was. Oh, great. Thanks for asking. It it was called Office Plus and it was... uh, basically a hybrid between an office supply store. Um, so this being on sort of Main Street in Okotoks. And I always say we were sort of what 7-Eleven is to a grocery store. We were that to Staples. So sort of your, your most convenient off supply item, small selection. And the real heart and soul of it was a, a graphics and printing sort of back end of the business. It's really been the graphics business that most of my career has been centered around up until this point. Awesome. How about you tell us a little bit about how you started your current company and more from a financial perspective, what did you need to get going and and how are you making it profitable today? Sure. So at its essence, my company is a a consulting business. So it didn't take a lot of capital um, to get it up and off the ground in that sense. Um, but really, it's, it's ultimately the result of years and years of uh, being in business, having ventures succeed and fail. So it certainly has taken capital over the years to have all those experiences and really come to learn that often strategic planning is something that's missing in a business. And that's why I put my focus on it. So 
although in its current form, it, it didn't take a lot of financing, um, certainly didn't take any in, outside investors to get it up and off the ground. Um, but it is the result of years and years of being in that business space and learning from both success and for failure along the way. Right. And so as you look ahead to the future, what do you hope that your company Compello will look like? Uh, great question. So definitely to scale up. Um, the, the product and the framework we use is pretty unique. And I've been collaborating with another consultant, a gentleman by the name of Jason Krauss, um, somebody who also grew up in Okotoks, incidentally. And uh, the two of us have been working and collaborating quite a bit. His focus is on leadership development, and he's a really sought-after executive coach. So we've been talking about how do we maybe marry together our programs and then scale up through the avenue of other coaches and other consultants, really all over North America and perhaps worldwide. Great. So you have a big goal and a a broad vision for the future. Yes, absolutely. Well, you hear, you know, a lot of people say Calgary is a great place to do business. We have a can-do spirit here. But in your opinion, what are the biggest benefits for being an entrepreneur in, in Calgary? And especially from the perspective of someone who's been born and raised here. You know, Calgary, it's an interesting city. We've got a great vibe and a great community, a great entrepreneurial community. So I think Calgary, it's interesting because it's got a, a mix of lifestyle, you know, access to the mountains, along with all the supports that you need as an entrepreneur. I think we've got a great community to be able to tap into and then great supports available to us, you know, through resources like ATB or BDC. I think we're really fortunate to have all of those resources in Calgary and the benefit of a pretty, pretty awesome lifestyle um, that you can enjoy on the weekends as well. You know, if you flip that around, do you see any downside to being an entrepreneur here? Or are there things that you find um, challenging working in in this geographic area? Mm, Interesting. I thought you might ask that. Right now, the economy is in kind of a weird place. There's no two ways about it. And as Calgary's making its, its shift fundamentally from being so reliant on the energy sector to having some different things to offer out there in the world, it does obviously create some turbulence. So if you're a business, obviously that's relying on that energy sector, it's going to be pretty turbulent. But I think there's a ripple effect from that that affects all businesses. So there is, there is a bit of a downside certainly in that it can be a little bit unpredictable right now in Calgary. But I think most entrepreneurs look at that through a little different lens than most. And with that challenge obviously comes opportunity as well. Well, and certainly, you know, we've seen in the city over the last few years that there's been a real emphasis on trying to diversify our economy and introduce new sectors into, um, into the economy here and expand our business focus outside of energy. So I want to build on a comment that you made earlier, Gavin, about just the lifestyle that, that Calgary affords. And I'm curious, is there a place that you like to go to get inspired in the city, um, some place that you can either go and, and perhaps do an activity or just to go and be recharged and think about your business? What, what's one of your favorite places? Oh, for sure. For sure. This is an easy one for me. Um, Fish Creek. I think Fish Creek is one of the greatest assets in, in Calgary. There's lots of places where you can get off the beaten path a little bit and find yourself in a, in a place in Fish Creek where you literally have no visibility to the city around you. You could just as easily be in the heart of K-Country somewhere. 
but just it's, you know, five minutes, 10 minutes away. So uh, for me, it's Fish Creek. I quite enjoy trail running and there's a, and a pretty awesome trail network all throughout Fish Creek. So for me, that's, that's where I go to recharge and, and sort of get plugged back in with nature. So Gavin, what does the first hour look like for you when you get up in the morning? Do you have a specific routine or ritual that helps you get motivated to start the day? What are some of your secrets that way? Yeah, I, I am. Uh, I am Mr. Routine in the mornings for sure. So um, for me, it usually looks like kind of rolling out of bed and heading straight downstairs into the home gym and just sweating it out for an hour. I, it's not often I'll miss a day throughout the week, actually. That's pretty much how I start every day. And then after that, a much needed shower, but I've got a little bit of a, an uncommon ritual in the shower, I suppose you could say. I always finish the shower with two minutes with the dial on as cold as I can possibly get it. And that might sound a little odd, but it's, uh, I, I find it's a really interesting way to start the day because there's sort of a, a physical effect. It really gets the juices flowing, uh, really wakes you up, obviously, but there's a, a mental effect as well. And it's that if you're willing to do something really uncomfortable first thing in the morning, like two minutes under freezing cold water, it just frames you for the rest of the day. You, maybe you've got something in the day that you're not looking forward to, a difficult conversation or just a task that you find a little bit draining. It just gives you a different perspective for the rest of the day that you can sort of say to yourself, geez, you know what? I did an icy cold shower for two minutes and it didn't kill me. Here I am. Uh, now you're ready to take on pretty much anything of the day. So I, I actually just start my day that way. And I find it's a great way to get primed, primed for the day. So, Well, and I think we have to <laughs> pull our hats off to you for that one, because not everyone can do that first thing in the morning, especially on our cold winter mornings. So No, that's, that's true. I, uh, I started this in the summer. And there's a distinct difference uh, here, you know, in January as to how cold you can get your tap in June. So it's definitely, yeah, it's definitely been a, a process. Well, Gavin, what books are you reading right now? Or are you a reader, I guess? Or do you prefer to listen more to podcasts? Do you have anything that you would recommend to our, our listeners? Yeah, for sure. So I, um, yeah, I'm a big fan of, of both podcasts and audiobooks for sure. Over the years, I've definitely got a lot of value out of probably some of the usual suspects for your listeners. E-Myth, Good to Great, Scaling Up, Start With Why, Simon Sinek's work. Those have all been really valuable books, but I'll share two with you that maybe aren't already on the radar for the average entrepreneur, but two that I found uh, really valuable for me. The first is called The Rise of Superman. And I don't recall who wrote it uh, off the top of my head, but it was a, it was a fascinating read uh, and it really explored the whole idea of flow state. And for me, that was for my first time um, really kind of understanding what it was all about. And it, it just dives deep into the idea of human performance and how flow state is kind of a gateway to that. So I found that really fascinating and there was lots of, lots of pieces you can pull forward into everyday life and into business for sure. And the other one I'll share with you, again, that might not be on the radar, uh, is a book called Own the Day, Own Your Life. And this was written by a guy called Aubrey Marcus. Um, and I also follow his podcast because he's got some really interesting work. And uh, that's actually the book where the cold shower idea came from. Um, that's one of the recommendations uh, out of his book. So that was another really interesting book. Again, not business books, but books that had some really great nuggets in them that I, I definitely pull forward into business every day. Great. Um, we'll make sure that we, we highlight those in our show notes. So thank you. Um, curious, you can tell that you are very um, enthused about being an entrepreneur and it's something, as you said, that's in your DNA. But if you weren't doing what you do now, 
what would you like to do for a profession? So if you're back in grade 12 and starting all over again, is there another path that you would go down? Hmm, but w- yes, if it wasn't entrepreneurship, um, you know, I've, I've always been fascinated by and always admired architects. I, I think there's something about that process to be able to dream what a building could look like, design it, and then one day see your dream actually get constructed. That, that's always kind of fascinated me. So I think, yeah, if, if I did it all over again and it wasn't going to be the path of, of entrepreneurship, I would definitely explore becoming an architect. I've, I've got a, a real kind of interest in what that space looks like. Well, and also a very creative job. <laughs> true, that too, yeah. Yeah, and so on the other side of things, what is one kind of job or profession that you just know you're not cut up out for that you would just never, ever want to do? It's an interesting question. Uh, you know, I, d- I don't mind physical labor, but um, through doing some home, re- home renovations, I've learned that my least favorite place, I think, in the entire world uh, is in the attic. I've had to be up there a couple of times trying to tackle some projects around the house, and it's probably my least favorite place. So any job that I think requires a lot of time up in the attic, that would be a job probably that I would not be well cut out for. And that's probably the most unique answer we've ever had to that question. <laughs> well, there you go. There you go. <laughs> oh, that's great. So in business, do you have like a favorite word or quote or sentence that you like to use either when you're doing your presentations or just something that, that kind of is your touchstone that you go back to frequently? Yeah, I do actually. I've got a saying that, uh, that I find I use quite a bit. And I have to give full credit to another local entrepreneur um, because I picked it up from them. So I worked at West Canadian Digital for a number of years and I had the good fortune of working quite closely with the management and ownership team over there. And Irene Price had a great saying, and it's one that I've carried forward with me uh, today. And it's, it's quite simply, do we know or do we think we know? And I've always liked that because it really forces you to take pause and consider uh, what you've just said. Is it, is it truly fact or are we making some assumptions there? And certainly in the work I do, it's really important that we understand when we're making assumptions, because sometimes you have to, uh, and when we're able to make a decision based on, on fact. So the expression, hey, is that something we know or that we think we know, is one of my favorite expressions, because again, it just forces you to take pause for a moment and really acknowledge when we're making assumptions in the process. Uh, and again, sometimes you have to do that, but it's always good to know and document when is it assumption and when is it not. So I thank Irene Price for that one because uh, I still use that one t- to this day. And do you have something that you just don't like to hear, whether it's a word or a phrase that just kind of gets your back up and you're like, mm, no. Yeah, it's, um, I don't know if it's a word, but sort of the, the concept that in order to be an entrepreneur, you've got to be, you know, putting in 110% and crushing it every day and that you've got to make all of this personal sacrifice as sort of a rite of passage to entrepreneurship. And, it, and it's, it's something actually that I talk to, to quite often with clients in that there can sometimes be a bit of irony to entrepreneurship. And it's that often the thing that drew us to entrepreneurship in the first place is maybe we're wired a little different, but we tend to see the world a little differently where most people may see a problem we see an opportunity and we get into entrepreneurship to sort of challenge the status quo. Uh, We feel that what the market has to offer today isn't good enough and and we could do something better. So the whole idea of entrepreneurship is is often challenging the status quo. 
And the irony comes in that there's one status quo that all too often entrepreneurs are willing to just blindly accept. And it's that whole concept of being a martyr to the business and that you have to make the supreme sacrifice of, of work-life balance to truly be an entrepreneur. And I'm a firm believer that if you design your business properly and you plan it right, you really can have the best of both worlds. It, it doesn't have to be this grind every day where you're making this monumental, heroic sacrifice all in the name of being an entrepreneur. So that, that, sort, of, that sort of concept that we've got to be nearly killing ourselves in the name of business to truly be an entrepreneur, that's the thing that rubs me the wrong way because I, I truly believe it doesn't have to be that way. Do you feel like you have a good balance in life? Are there any tips that you can offer our listeners in terms of, of creating that space? Yeah, so I'm, I, I, I feel like I've got that elusive balance, certainly not every day or every week, but the majority of my days, I feel that I'm, I'm pretty well in balance. One of the exercises actually that we, we use all the time is something called a purpose statement. And this is specifically aimed at the entrepreneur and it helps them understand really what's the reason that they pick this path in the first place or, or put another way, what does their business need to deliver back to them for it to live up to its end of the bargain? So usually what this looks like is not just sort of a financial, I need to make X, but we'll get into the nitty gritty. How many weeks a year of vacation makes this all worthwhile? You know, how many days a week do I make it to the gym or do I get to walk my kids to school in the morning? Some of those sort of lifestyle pieces, almost like KPIs for your business to deliver back to you as the entrepreneur. And I find by building out that framework, it gives you a really solid baseline. Not to say that you, you immediately start living within that balance, but at least it gives you a, a measurement to understand when the business is in fact giving you back what you need out of it. Because the reality is, as entrepreneurs, we're taking all the risk Certainly, we are putting in all that effort when it needs to be, and it's different than a regular job, certainly. So there needs to be some perks on the other side. If we're taking the risk, there needs to be some reward on the other side. So really defining what that reward looks like for you, and then being able to move and, and, and turn the dial towards that week after week is a great way to start to embrace that balance and achieve that sort of elusive work-life balance for an entrepreneur. I think that's great advice um, that, that we can all follow and, and incorporate. If you had to pick two words to describe yourself, what would they be and why? Two words. Uh, I'm often told that, that I'm passionate and uh, I wouldn't disagree with that at all. I'm very passionate about what I do. I get very passionate about um, my clients' projects and, and their businesses and their growth. So I think passionate for sure. And, and also impact. You know, I get up every morning and my goal is to have some meaningful impact out there in the world, whether it be a client I work with one-on-one -on -one or just, you know, content that I share out there in the world. I really strive for all of that to have some meaningful impact. So uh, passion and impact, I think, would be my two. And Gavin, is there anything that, that keeps you up at night, um, you know, just in terms of worrying about your business or thinking about specific issues? Is that a problem that, that you deal with from time to time? Yeah, I mean, t typically I sleep pretty well, but um, I think every entrepreneur has, has the odd sleepless night. And for me, it's usually when I start thinking about sort of what the future could be and what the business could become and all the different routes that could get you there. And then my mind starts firing. And sometimes, yeah, I just, I'm not necessarily up worrying. I'm just up firing at all cylinders, thinking about uh, the different things that could be, could be done in the business. 
And then sometimes I think like everyone, you analyze the day and, and you start to think, hey, did I do enough today? Did I, did I have that balance? Did I do enough as a father, as a husband, as a business owner? Did I check off all the boxes in all those different categories? So certainly that keeps me up once in a while. But uh, typically, I think I, I sleep pretty soundly. And when you mention the future, can you share with us um, three things that are on your inspired life list? So what I'm looking for here is what are three things that you'd really love to do in the next few years as you look to the future? They can be related to business. They can be personal goals. But where are you headed? Oh, sure. Um, so on, on the personal side, I would love to do an Ironman one day. I, uh, that's always kind of been on my bucket list. I haven't figured out what year that will be yet, but I'd love to do an Ironman one day. And then on the business side, I've always wanted to take what I do in terms of strategic planning and actually distill it down to a class for kids. I got exposure to entrepreneurship at a pretty young age, even prior to high school. I was always that kid that was out mowing lawns or shoveling sidewalks. And I grew up in a household where both my parents were very entrepreneurial. And looking back on it, I think there's so much value in exposing kids to entrepreneurship at a young age. I would love to sort of take what I do and distill it down as a, ultimately like a social give back program, a, a mini business planning program for kids to introduce them to the concepts and themes of entrepreneurship. I've always, I've always wanted to do that. So that would be on my list. And number three, I think would just uh, would be travel for sure. would travel the world a little bit more. Wonderful. And speaking of that, we do have a lot of international listeners to the podcast. So I'd like you to answer this next question with them in mind. If you were to start all over again and you just moved to Calgary, but this time you didn't know anyone, what would you do and how would you go about starting all over here again as an entrepreneur? Uh, I think the, the first thing I would recommend is to get plugged in um, with one of the co-working spaces. We've got some fantastic co-working spaces in Calgary. And I, I think anyone that I know of anyway, they have a great sense of community. So I'd say that would be a great place to be able to, to sort of hang your hat would be to get involved in a co-working space, start building your network, and then to, to look for those opportunities to connect with other entrepreneurs. There's all sorts of groups and events, networking events to be able to be a part of. And just get really dialed in with that community and get plugged in with the different events that go on and the different places that you can show up alongside other entrepreneurs. And that always tends to lead to some, some really valuable conversations and who knows where they go from there. Well, we're drawing to the end of our interview time with you, Gavin, but I'd like to wrap things up with a fun question that we ask all of our listeners. So I'd like you to imagine that there's a small tropical island just off of Fiji that has only one phone booth and no internet. And we're going to drop you off and you won't have a computer or a smartphone or any of the digital toys or devices. You can use the phone booth at any time to call the boat and we'll come and pick you up. And you're, you're there on your own. You're not there with family or friends or colleagues. It's just you. How long would you last before you made that call? And what would you do while you're there? Oh, interesting. I think, um, well, what I would do while I was there for sure, uh, probably get caught up in a little bit of sleep, uh, get caught up in a little bit of vitamin D. As we all know in Calgary, we, we don't get enough of that. How long would I last? You know, I think after a few days, for sure, I'd start to miss, miss the family. Wouldn't miss the cell phone, wouldn't miss the computer. It'd be, it'd be fine to be unplugged. But I don't know that I'd be able to go much more than a week without, uh, without wanting to at least 
see my family and, and see the kiddos. So I think I would probably go maybe a week or 10 days and then I would make that call to get reunited with the family for sure. And you'd be rejuvenated and fresh and probably full of lots of new ideas as well. Yes, absolutely. Well, Gavin, is there anything else that you would like to add? Any words of wisdom for entrepreneurs here in Calgary or anything else before we wrap up today? You know, I think it's really just, and I kind of spoke to it, that the concept of not getting caught in the middle. As entrepreneurs, if you look at the two paths in front of us, uh, one would have been to be an employee at a company somewhere, and we've chosen the other path. And it's a path that does have more uncertainty and does have more risk. There's no two ways about it. And often does require a whole lot more hard work to really understand that that's all got to be worth it for something and to get really clear on what it is that your business needs to deliver back to you. I think that would be my number one advice for an entrepreneur at any stage of their career is just to get clear on what the business needs to give back and then ask themselves, how might I make some changes in my business so it can start actually living up to its end of the bargain if I feel like I'm out of balance. And so if our listeners want to connect with you, how can they find you online? Um, what's your website or what's the best way to get in touch with you? Yeah, so my website is generally the, the best route to get a hold of me, and that's simply compello.ca, C O M P E L L O. Uh, and I'm also pretty active on, on LinkedIn, um, so you can always find me hanging out there throughout the week from time to time as well. Well, thanks so much for being a guest on our show today, Gavin. I know I've learned a lot from you and I'm sure our listeners have as well. So thank you so much for sharing your experiences and thanks to everyone for listening. Hey there, it's Bonnie Elgie. Thanks for taking the time today to listen to Calgary's podcast on the Canada's Podcast Network. We hope you enjoyed the show. Make sure you sign up for our newsletters. And if you have a minute, please write us a review on iTunes. You can connect with us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn at Canada's Podcast. You can also check out what other entrepreneurs are doing across the country. See you next time.